Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. In the virtual studio today, we have Justin. Yo. Al. What's going on? Myself, Anthony, and welcome everybody to season two, episode one. Season two? Season what two. What is this? <laughs> can, you, can you believe that we have already hit our one year mark? We are jumping into season two. Um, of us doing this podcast thing, going into our second season, so definitely, definitely exciting. How you guys been? I know that it's been a little minute since we've talked. It's been about a good two months. We kind of waited for uh, the playoffs to, to finish out. Uh, Lakers ended up winning um, against the Miami Heat to be NBA champions with Dwight Howard on their roster in Orlando. Crazy. Yeah, if we can just skip through all the conversation, I'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, it, exciting news, though. They just recently announced that um, yeah, the NBA season is right around the corner. You know, they're not giving the champions uh, that much time to rest up. Training camp is set to start on December 1st with the season starting in December 22nd. Uh, how you guys feeling about the NBA? It's kind of like it just stopped and now we're getting right back into it. Yeah, I feel I feel good about it. I think um, even though the season stopped not too long ago, you have to understand that there's been teams, you know, that didn't make the bubble that haven't been playing for about eight, nine months. Um, so it does feel a little rushed, you know, for the Lakers, the Heat, all of those teams that kind of made it to the end. But for everybody else, you know, it's kind of been a long time coming. Yeah, I'm the same way, man. I mean, you guys know, again, I like the Warriors, and I watch Steph, and I haven't watched him play in a year and a half, man. I'm like, come on, let's let's get this going again. But more more realistic, again, thinking about the financials of the NBA and the impact that it could have on the league long term, again, it was a no-doubter a no for me. Like, you got to start before the new year. you got to get all the money for the players, for the league. Um, it just makes sense. I know some players were not happy about it. I couldn't understand it because they had four months before the, when the season stopped. They had four months of... Now they'll have another two months before things get started again. So if you ask me, I think it's it's the right thing for the league. It's the right thing for the players and for the fans. So it's a win-win-win when you look at it. Yeah, because uh, I, I was thinking about it the other day, and really, if you if you think about it, there's only two teams that are really impacted by not having enough rest time, right? For the rest, for everybody else, they're they're good. They're ready to go. And I think that that's um, kind of the way that the NBA looked at it as well. Um, and then it also makes sense, like, you can't expect to have a later time for you to start and then not have your money not be affected by it. You know, maybe for players like the LeBron James and and the Kevin Durant that they have their endorsements and they have all this, you know, maybe it's not a big deal for them. But for the rest of the league, for a player that um, let, let's just throw a name out there like a Wesley Awandu, uh, uh MCW, that their paycheck is going to really hit hard from not having that money in. So I'm happy for for the guys that, um, you know, they, they really need the season to start right away. It's kind of ironic that they started before the Christmas break. I thought they would have did a little bit after, but I kind of get that, you know, it's closer to the New Year's and they want to make sure that they have the summer off so that it doesn't impact the Olympics. But I'm just excited to get back to it. There's a lot of um, excitement around Tuma Kiki coming into the season, which we'll talk a little bit more in in a bit. But uh, I'm ready for more Magic basketball. I'm the same way, man. It's especially today, we're recording on Saturday, November 7th. And, you know, the, the, the elections just pretty much ended. We know who's good, who won and all that good stuff. So I think now it's all about basketball for me again. It's going back to just, again, Magic, the draft. And it's all happening really fast. So I'm excited for this next three weeks. And then, hey, training camp opens, preseason, and we're back. And uh, surprisingly enough, we have a lot of talk about. There's a lot of rumors. Um, some of the stuff that you will hear that we'll discuss that happened a little early on um, that we'll kind of bring up and have a discussion about. But um, first and foremost, man, it, the number one thing that's coming on our radar is definitely the NBA draft. NBA draft is set to start November 18th. That will be on a Wednesday. And right now, the Magic we're sitting at we're sitting at the 15th pick, and there's been um, a lot of a lot of talks. There's been a lot of mock drafts. There's been a lot of interest. Um, people on uh, Magic Instagram, Magic Reddit, Magic Twitter, 
they all have their opinions of who they want to draft um and my question to you guys is who are your favorites at 15 who do you see that you like um what are some players that stand out what should the magic do should the magic draft best player available or should we look for best needs best fit so if you ask me that question, man, I, I think that what the Magic should do is just draft someone, anyone who just can score the ball. And by that, I mean that can just simply shoot the ball as well. Um, so I don't have a favorite. I've been watching a ton of videos, prepping for this conversation, so what we're going to have. And I've been just doing reading and all that good stuff. And I see what the Magic are projected to do. Everyone's linking them to a guard for the most part. And I agree with that. We definitely need to break this this pattern of drafting long guys who can play the forward or the center position my only thing is i don't have a guard in mind that i can say hey that's the one guy i want to draft i just again give me someone that has a 40 plus three-point shooting percentage in college and that has a projection to be a good scorer in the nba and that's the guy we should pick um again we know we know what the weakness of this team has been for the last two to three years we you know, we can't score for 10 to 15 minutes <laughs> stretches in games Let's get a guy that can help at least get a bucket when we need it. Yeah, I think it was Josh Robbins who had um, made a comment in one of his articles that was comparing the difference between how we were building our team and how Miami was building their team. And I, I hate comparing the two because obviously if, if you're an Orlando Magic fan, you really don't like the Heat and you really don't like the Lakers. It's just kind of like embedded in our DNA, right? Um, but one of the things that Miami Heat did really, really well was develop their talent but also draft players who are able to contribute right away. Tyler Hero is an example of that. And I think that that's one of the issues that um, have made a lot of fans really frustrated is the fact that we've drafted players, but they've been projects. So I think for me, in my opinion, players that we need right now and players who we should target and draft are players that can contribute now. And crazy idea, shoot the ball. Yep. <laughs> we, we, know that our, we know that our front office, they have a type. We understand that. But at some point, um, there there gets to a point that don't we have enough of that type? The exactly. Chumo Kikis, the Mo Bamba, the Jonathan Isaac. We have enough already of that type. We need shooting. Um, so I, I created a, a top five that I wanted. I wanted number one, my guy, who I want to pick at 15 if available, is RJ Hampton. Mm. RJ Hampton is my number one pick. Right. And he's a player that um, was a, a top prospect outside of high school and decided to go to um, Australia to play. Now, when he went to Australia, his value, his stock kind of went down a little bit because he was playing with a bunch of big boys, professionals, uh, men. Right. So he didn't get as much playing time. He didn't get that that many minutes. So his draft stock kind of went down and he went to a team that was really, really good. Unlike LaMelo Ball that went to a very bad team in Australia and he kind of stood out. Mm-hmm. And um, his NBA comparison is uh, Dante Exum, Will Barton type guy, but I think he's a player that may be the steal of the draft. I think so. He's a guy that, based on all projections, would be a good fit in our team. And he can play that, that the guard position one and two. He's long, he's athletic. So in a way, he fits that that front office, uh, what they're looking for in a player, but yet he has the ability to score the ball as well. So I think he could be a guy that you can see in Orlando and, and do well. Yeah, one of the guys that um, I really like is from Kentucky, Tyrese Maxey. I want to see the Magic experiment with Markel playing at the two position. Um, I don't know. To, I think To I replace think Mar- Evan? Huh? No, slide Evan, Evan. slide Evan to the three. But <laughs> I want to see, um, I want to see Markel kind of use his body more. He's obviously big for for that point guard position. Um, I think his shot is going to get better over time. He could finish through contact, and I think a guy like Tyrese Maxey who can score, who can shoot the three ball, who's a score first option on point guard. Um, you know, and he comes from from a program in Kentucky with John Calipari, who's you know, immensely successful. He knows what it feels like to have the show on you. Um, so I don't think that that's going to be, you know, a detriment to his development in the NBA. And because of that, I, I would like to see the Magic pick him up. Again, experiment with Markel at the two guards, slide Evan to the three, play a healthy J.I. at the four, and then either Mo Bamba or Vooch at the five. And I think uh, that'll impact our scoring a lot. 
And I think that a lot of the questions have been um, because some of the prospects that we might look at at 15 are could potentially be point guards, right? Why would the Magic draft a point guard if you already have Markel Fultz? Um, at, at the end of the day, especially with how the NBA is now, you can kind of pull that off a little bit, especially with the way that Markel plays. Um, Markel absolutely needs a ball in his hands, but he's not really primarily shooting the ball from the outside he looks to penetrate first and then if he's wide open he'll take that shot right. um so other players that you could look at and now i i'm surprised that he, this guy isn't your number one is uh tyrell terry which i'm a big fan of out of sanford um uh, excuse me stanford and he's a prototype of steph curry he's That's a, what he's he's a player that is crazy to even think right because you have for example you have uh, Michael Jordan, Cobra Bryant in the league, and then you get a player like LeBron James, right? It's that prototype. And Steph Curry is a prototype, and now you're starting to see a lot more of the Steph Curry types in the NBA, from Trey Young and now to a player that's Tyrell Terry. Now, the thing is, he can either be Steph Curry or he can be a Seth Curry. We really don't know <laughs> that span, but he's definitely an interesting option. Hey, so, Seth Curry would still be a valuable scoring option I, on this Magic team. I agree. It's, it's the fact that we absolutely need shooting, which is um, something that I feel I feel confident that that we're we're gonna do we're gonna do solid. If we stay with the 15 pick, we'll be solid. Now, uh, going into let's jump into the juice. So a lot of lot of news coming out, right? So let's let's jump into the very first one since we were just talking about the draft. Kevin O'Connor recently had a article on the Ringer um, where he says that league sources say the Orlando Magic are attempting to move into the lottery. Um, Bad there's idea. a lot of guys that I like at the 15th, but should the magic move up? Absolutely not. I think it's a bad idea. I think, uh, this draft isn't loaded with, you know, superstar talent. Um, and I think it's really, I think in this draft, anybody can draft one of those, like, um, you know, like hidden gems. I want to call them. Um, I don't think there's any one particular player that stands out as a must have. And because of that, I think the magic, sh- uh, should reserve, their assets and not trade up. I completely agree. I think unless you can, I don't know how, you know, dump some salary in a trade that can get you a better pick or something like that that may benefit us long term. But like Justin said, I'm the same way. I don't think there's a guy top 10, top five that you can say, hey, let's go get that guy. Um, unless you're going to make the jump and make a trade with the Warriors, which I know we'll talk about a little later. And now you get into a top two or something like that. And you really love that guy. Maybe. But to just jump from the 15th to the 10th, maybe, or the 8th, I don't think this is a year to do it. You probably save those assets and maybe make that move next year instead, in which it's projected to be a much better draft class. I wouldn't mind if they do it, and this is my reasoning. If you have a guy that you like, I'm okay with the Magic going after their guy instead of just settling with the 15th. Because what has seemed, in my opinion, has happened over the years is that we've always missed our guy by one pick. By two picks. Uh, Porzingis is an example of that. Uh, Tyler Hero. uh, Just recently, uh, uh, Josh Robbins had mentioned that he feels really confident that Tyler Hero was available. We would have selected him instead of Chumo Kiki. I don't want us, us, Trey Young is another example. Why do we have to be the ones that we kind of just settle with whatever it is that we have? Now, obviously, we know that our front office is way more uh, cautious with their pick. But if you have if you have a guy that you like, go get him. Hopefully, we're not giving up too much. But I I think that that's that's a valuable option that at the very least we have to consider. I mean, I feel like you can use the same argument that you're using to kind of counteract that idea, right? Because sometimes we're not just a few picks. You know, sometimes we have players on the board available, and our intel or the team's intel chooses to go a different route. 2015, Mario Hazonia got picked what fifth. Devin Booker was on the board at 15. So I think that, you know, the the Magic have to do a better job at kind of scouting um, and being able to to determine a prospect better. I think that that's one area that they're struggling in that I I think the team can do better as a whole. Um, And I think this is a good draft to kind of prove that. The the draft this year, it's there's no solidified number one pick. Right. Mm-hmm. We don't know if it's going to be Wiseman, Anthony Edwards. There's talks about LaMelo Ball dropping. There's really no top. So we don't need to trade with Golden State Warriors for their top pick. If there's 
if the talent level at the top is such a large range. So a guy that I like is um, Killian Hayes, right? That I've just start, started doing research uh, recently. He's a kid that, um, that played overseas from France, and he's from the Lakeland area, right? Mm-hmm. Magic have already interviewed this guy um, not too long ago. So that could be a player that they like. Again, if it's someone that the Magic go after because that's their guy, pull the trigger. Because right now, we kind of need that. We need that um, aggressiveness that I feel like we haven't seen from the front office. But maybe Markel? Yeah. I mean, to to kind of throw in another guy that I was looking at, too, and Elise actually wrote about him months ago um, on the Zone BB, was Theo Maladon, the point guard out of France. Um, I'm just looking at at dudes that are fast, right? Because, again, we need this this, um, speed to the overall speed to incline on this team um, guys that are going to push the pace, get others involved, but can also shoot. Um, and I think a place where we saw that last season was point guard, you know, as great as DJ Augustine has been for us um, as well as Markel did considering all of the circumstances. Um, I don't think that we have a solid answer at that one spot. And I think the if you're looking for scoring, um, and you're looking for kind of an impact of the overall team, that point guard position is a good place to start. And just to also put it in perspective, um, just going against my own opinion, um, in 2013, do you know who was drafted number 15? Um, Giannis? Giannis. Yep. <laughs> at 15, right? So you're looking at 14 other teams that missed out on him. Right, mm-hmm. I, I can't think right now on the top of my mind who was uh, the number one pick that year. Um, but, uh, again, if a team would have drafted uh, Giannis at that time with the reports that they had, the scouting, the um, the training sessions, whatever the case may be, people would have laughed at them and thought they were crazy for picking a player like Giannis number one. So, contrary to what I just said, you know, it might also be a good idea just to stay pat at 15. Who knows? So, I will say um, in that 2013, the – here are the top I'm going to give you the top five picks in that draft alright shoot let's hear it number five Alex Len Oof. number four Cody Zeller huh. number three Otto Porter Jr number two Victor Oladipo ah, and number one Anthony Bennett that's right that's Anthony right Bennett. man and if you take a look at the top five you know obviously the best player of that five is Victor Oladipo right. and it took him how long for him to be really the the type of player that you know the all star caliber, right? And it's it's so crazy to think about you know the what a projection is, right? When people think, oh, so and so is going to go first, or so and so is going to win. You look at number ten in that draft, C.J. McCollum. Number eleven, yeah. Mark Michael Carter Williams. Number twelve, Stephen Adams. You know, like there's there's always an opportunity to find gems. Every single draft class, there will be a gem. And now it's up to the team to find it. That's a is is going to be exciting um, because again the draft is hit or miss. You really don't know. You really don't know what you have. You know you can have a really high pick and end up drafting a player like Mario Hazonia. You really don't know. Or you can get in the middle of the pack and then you draft a player like um, you know like like a JJ Redick that he's able to contribute right now. Mm-hmm. Or you can draft a player that decides he doesn't want to play for your team and then ends up going overseas and never seeing you. You never know. <laughs> it's like so many different options. And I think that that's the part that makes the draft so, so exciting. Right. Um, but now let's say that uh, the draft isn't the only way that we look at to improve our team. Let's now look at trade possibilities. There's um, a report from Mark Berman from the New York Post. This um, report came out a little while ago. Um, but it's not the first time that we heard it. It's almost about it seems like two or three times within the last year and a half that we've heard um the magic showing interest in a player um like dennis smith jr what are your guys thoughts on that i think at this point you just got to pull the trigger man because like, we, we've been hearing about this trade since he was in dallas that was a year and a half ago two years ago we liked him a lot that year when he was drafted and we again people were mad when we picked uh, i think it was mo bamba that year oh no i'm sorry it was jonathan isaac that year that we picked instead of him so I think from a Magic fan base standpoint, the team likes him. I think he cannot cost more than a second-round pick and something salary-wise. Just pull the trigger, man. What's the worst that could happen? Especially if you're not going to bring in DJ Augustine back for whatever reason. You bring him in. You put him and Markel being the, those point guards, at least that, that play that one and two. Um, 
who played a lot of minutes, I guess, uh, in that position. I think it's the time to do it, man, because I think the interest has been there now for two years. And like I said before, the fan base wants him, the team wants him, and I think he could be a, a good fit on that, what Justin said earlier, pushing the pace, like another guy that can just simply jump out of the gym and bring excitement to our team. So I think it could be a good fit, and I would say when, there, when there's smoke, there's fire, and there's been smoke for a while with this rumor. Yeah, 100%. I think um, Dennis Smith Jr. would be a good addition um, he's high flying, he's explosive. Um, and he's, I think he's one of those dudes that given the right opportunity and, and a correct detailing of what his job description or his position is, or his role is on a team. I think he can thrive. Is he going to be a superstar? Probably not. Uh, but could he be a really high quality, um, one or two guard in the league? Of course. Um, and I think in Orlando, since we don't have, Outside of Vooch, we don't have like a consistent scoring force. I think that'll also give him a little bit of opportunity to prove his uh, worth. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know if we if we decided not to draft a point guard, or if we decided to draft another project. Um, I would like to see the Magic pick up Dennis Smith Jr. and play him at that two spot alongside Markel, keeping Markel at the one. Listen, Dennis Smith Jr. is my guy. He, I was definitely one of those um, people that wanted to draft him. Um, hit the the a lot of the cons that we heard from him at the time was that he was very athletic, but he had really small length, mm-hmm. like really small arms, right? So he didn't fit the mold of um, our front office. Um, this is a guy that is from um, Fayetteville, North Carolina. Was name dropped in a song by J Cole Shouts a lot. To J. Cole. <laughs> with also Markel Fultz in that same yeah. verse. Um, it it kind of seems like it's is meant to be. Um, but, I mean, listen, it, it, it has to fit, right? So if it's something that we decide that we don't want to keep DJ Augustine and we also don't draft a point guard, um, he could fit that role. You know, I, I really hope that we um, retain MCW and he can be a player that still plays one to three for us so that way we have that fold. And you never know. This could be another one of those high-risk excuse me, low-risk, high-reward moves um, for a player that struggled in New York. How many players struggled in New York? Damn near all of them. Exactly. You know? so Even one of the right. greatest to ever touch a basketball, Carmelo Anthony, but we're not going <laughs> to talk about it. We're not going to talk about it. Yeah, how about uh, Amari Stoudemire? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it's like it, it's impossible, and granted, I don't want to get too much into the Knicks franchise, but it seems like <laughs> everyone goes in there with great intentions and there's supposed to be this thing and then post it, it kind of never works out you know but you think about this imagine dallas mavericks version of dennis smith jr playing for the magic i'll take that all day long i i would take it also i would take it also um now here here's the thing we all know that our front office is very um what's the word shy uh shy <laughs> secretive uh i feel like they're a little slow in terms of their speed um and very close to the chest um damn near like the secret server it it is insane (laughs) right um so zach Lowe in a recent article um is quoted teams who have talked to the magic have a hard time parsing their intentions no surprises at all like that's it's you, like you said, you cannot hear nothing from the magic. Like, you go any rumors website, there's nothing about the magic. Like, it's been the same way now for what three and a half years. It, I don't know, but I wish it wasn't the case. I miss the days of going to real GM, whatever, and always having some sort of rumors around the magic. It sucks, but at the same time, I guess executives respect that about the magic. Now, now, Justin, how are you taking this? Are you taking this as if? You know, teams are talking to the Magic front office, but they don't know exactly what they're trying to do. Or is it that they're trying to take information and hear information and they have no idea how to present options to the front office? I think I think that it's possible that the front office is giving. I would say not clear answers um, or kind of playing hard to get just to see what other teams true intentions are. Uh, the Magic have made it to the playoffs two seasons in a row. <clears throat> Excuse me. Granted, at the bottom of the conference. Uh, but I think those two seasons of making the postseason play has kind of opened the eyes of a lot of people that the Magic as a team may not be working, right? Because we're not making it out of that first round. 
I mean, we're not even winning the second. You know, we win the first game and then kind of fall off. Um, and because of that, I think a lot of teams will kind of be trying to uh, lowball the Magic and, and kind of pluck away stars like, you know, AG, um, scorers like Evan Fournier for not as much as the Magic believe that those players are worth. And I think that's why they're having teams are having a hard time kind of uh, determining what the Magic, what their real interest in in, in moving uh, those pieces. Uh, someone had made a comment on Twitter. I can't remember the person that did. Um, but when this um, article that came out, the comment was that our front office is weird. And I can't yeah. think of a better like description of of what our front office. They're weird, man. They don't operate like one what we're used to. I mean, I, I would like to say Rob Hennigan was a little bit of that. Um, it was kind of like a small version of what we have now in terms of not shedding too much information. Um, but this is on a on, on another level, you know, for for this information to be out in the mainstream media coming from ESPN. Um, I feel kind of hurts the way that um, people would want to work with our front office. You know, if you if you try to get information, you try to talk to somebody and you're trying to pry information from them. They're not giving you anything. At some point, it just gets annoying. You don't even want to deal with it. And I really hope that that's not kind of where it is trending with us, because um, at the end of the day, we we hired this front office to be able to draft well and be able to kind of steal some gems from the draft, but mm-hmm. also have the experience where they already have relationships with other front offices in the league. And we were able to do something um, to really help improve the team that we have. Yeah, I think this front office, um, I think they came in with zero ideas. Right. And I think they came in as a blank canvas and they've allowed their leadership, you know, kind of play out um, to determine who stays, who goes, what's needed, what's not needed to get a full picture as to what's going on instead of coming into Orlando with these preconceived ideas of what the team needs or how it can be better and then kind of acting too early. Um, So I think. You know, as fans, we're, we're sitting here like, hey, we've made it to the playoffs two years in a row, but we're not really improving. Um, it kind of just feels like other teams in the East are getting worse, like a- as far as the bottom of the pack goes. Um, and we're just the best of the bad group. Um, and I think this will be the first offseason where the front office has zero excuses. You know what you have in everybody. You've seen Evan kind of produce less than normal this season. You've seen AG kind of... Re- you know, show out and then regress back to what he was before. Um, out of the all of those guys, I would say the only one that kind of made, proved his worth was Nikola Vucevic. Um, but then at the same time, now that becomes the office's greatest burden in a way, right? Because now it's like Vucevic has been doing well enough to stay, but he's getting older. His, you know, his contract situation is costly. What happens now? Do you move Vucevic and then pick up another star that ends up costing you more in the long run and the team doesn't get better. So while we do want the front office to make a change and kind of act quickly, there's a lot of pressure on the office to make the right move. And I think that's why they're not moving at all. Now you said that the front office, you know, they're kind of running out of excuses, but have they, could they not use the excuse of, well, you know, we would have done a lot better this time around the playoffs had we had a healthy team, which they, they can make that excuse. We had over five key players that weren't able to play in the playoffs. And in a recent interview, um, they even said, who's to say how well we would have done? Um, And especially a team like Milwaukee that struggled crazy with Miami um, that I feel we kind of helped them in a sense because we were the first ones to kind of do this wall on Giannis. Who knows how that wall would have been if we would have had the Aminus, if we would have had the Aaron Gordon, if we would have had the Jonathan Isaac. So could they use that excuse? Oh. Yes, but I hope that they don't cling on to that excuse um, with their decision-making um, this offseason. I mean, historically, you look at the team and... Um, I don't know. Historically, you look at the team and it kind of feels like you can make that argument, but we haven't seen it. You know what I mean? And because of that, I feel like the front office is running out of time. If If... Hypothetically, let's say they go into this season or this uh, off season, and no moves are made, and they bring back the same exact team, and they draft another dude with a seven plus foot wingspan. Don't you think that that's going to impact, um, 
you know, kind of like the city of Orlando's support of the team. I think it will because you can't you can't run the same kind of um, situation back year after year after year with no change, recognizing that you're falling short, but not but deciding not to do anything. But I'll tell you what, too. I think if you think about it, too, the Magic front office just may be also confused, man, because the Isaac news of that of him being now gone the whole season, what to do with Fournier, what do you do with AG? I think they're also in a situation where they're like, all right, we're good enough to make the playoffs. If we break up this team and say, hey, let's, let's go rebuild, all of a sudden now is the fan base going to support us through that. But if we make a big trade, are we giving up assets too early, not knowing what we have in Okiki, Bamba, Isaac? So I think the Magic are really in this weird spot where it's like, all right, we're too good to be bad, but we're too, we can be bad, but we want to be good. It's like they don't know what to do. Um, so I think that's where that comment is coming from, from, from other executives. Like, we can't figure out where the Magic want to go. But I think our own team doesn't know yet where they want to go. Well, I'll say, to be fair, expecting Okiki to come in after not playing for almost two years, or I'm sorry, a little over a year, um, and just becoming this transcendent star that's going to change the course of the Magic organization is a little ridiculous. I don't think that's going to happen at all. And I, I think Okiki might see some minutes here and there, but I think he'll spend the majority of his time in Lakeland. Um, we've seen how slow this front office moves with everything. And somebody recovering off a knee injury, once you saw what happened with J.I. when they, quote, brought him in too early, which is insane to me, but we're not even going to talk about that. I don't expect them to give a a large amount of minutes or expect a huge contribution from what would be an NBA rookie at that point. Um, and then, you know, going back to AG and, and Evan, it's like AG's going into year seven, right? Evan's going into what year nine, year 10. Are these guys, are these guys really going to improve that much more? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. History tells you that that doesn't happen. AG has shown flashes, but he regresses back to what he is, um, you know, and, and how what, how does the saying go? When somebody tells you who they are one time, believe them, right? AG's told us seven years in a row who he is, <laughs> and we're still hoping that he's somebody different. Yeah, and, and listen, look, we're, we're at the point where, all right, this is our second season now. Great, we made it to the playoffs, but we're in eighth seed. We have not improved. We yet again, the exact same thing. We end up playing the number one seed in the East. We get the we get game one, and then we're swept the rest of the way. And we're at a point where teams in the East, they are getting better. Yep. John Wall is expected to be back with the Wizards. They are yep. going to be better. They, they were the ninth seed. Then you also have Atlanta. They got better. They got Clint Capella from the Rockets that he is going to be a major contribution to that team. Their youth is going to get better. Trey Young is going to get better. So if we don't do the same thing, and especially with how, you know, we really don't know the full rollout of how this in-game tournament is going to be, we don't want to be in the seventh, eighth seats. We don't want to be. And if we don't do improvements, we're going to feel it because these teams are getting better. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, a seventh seed. It's crazy to me when you think about how you just mentioned Atlanta and Brooklyn, right? And you look at their youth. Like, Atlanta has Trey Young, John Collins, Kevin Herter, right? All dudes that could play. They could ball out. They just, like you said, picked up uh, Clint Capella. They have um, this other dude they drafted. What's his name? Um, Cam Reddish. Um, Those are all dudes that, that could ball. And they're, you know what I mean, three years in max. All of these guys, like, I think the Magic have to step it up and they have to they have to make a meaningful change quickly uh, to remain relevant. You know, a little bit of success by making the playoffs for the first time in seven seasons two years ago. That's great, but that's not enough. And then in, in order for us to be able to make the change, we need to have teams really value our players. And I'm going to reference back a Zach Lowe. Um, we're referencing Zach Lowe a lot because he had a lot to say about the Magic. But in a recent article, he also said that the league-wide interest in Aaron Gordon is murkier. His trade value isn't the same as he may have been last year or the year before. Then he also mentioned in that same article that the Magic are fine with Evan Fournier opting into the 17 
um, seventeen million dollar player option. So, I mean, what do we what do we do with that? Wait, what, what I is Aaron Gordon's worth? I remember sitting here last year, right when he when he when he uh, when he dropped pull up, right. <laughs> And I said which that. Which is still, which I still stand by that song. Hey. That song is super catchy. <laughs> hey, that's, that's fine. It. You may not like it, but I still bump it. Let, let let you bump it. Let him think it's dope. You know, it is what it is. He has a fan base. And I'm not here to criticize that. But when I was, when, when going back to that episode we recorded, I said the longer we wait to trade AG, what happens? The less his value is, right? Because it's a longer time frame to see that he's not what his athleticism kind of claims that he is. Um, at least not in Orlando. Does that mean that but, he can't be great in another situation? Maybe. But as far as Orlando goes, I think it's time to call it. But to defend AG a little bit here, though, he was playing well. After after the All-Star break, we started winning some games. AG was balling out. He was getting agree. triple-doubles. He was getting double-doubles every night. Unfortunately, that ankle injury happened. And the season stopped, and then unfortunately he came back, and right away Kyle Lowry doesn't even go there. Kyle Lowry unfortunately hurt him, and then we don't know what happened to that. Like we don't know what version of AG we have now in our hands. Is it that? And he wanted to play. He did. He did. You know. So who do we have in our hands? Is it that AG? With no, with Isaac being now next season, is this a time for him to, to to shine? Like, hey, Isaac's not here. I got the ball in my hands a little more now. I'm really the power forward. I don't have to, to share minutes with AG. Oh, I'm sorry. With Isaac going back and forth and the three and the four. So, you know, it's a weird situation. And I, and I, I really feel the magic. We're going to talk about it later. But I really feel like the magic are going to run it back. And really, reason being, they don't know what to do. If Fournier opts in, then what do you do at that point? Do you make a trade to make a trade? Or do you say, hey, let's wait it out. Let's see what AG can do this season. If anything, move him at the deadline. But I'm intrigued to see if AG is that version that played towards the end of last season it's, so it's that who he has become now so al since you since this is what you believe right let me ask you this <clears throat> do you you're comfortable right with john and jeff going into the off season right and not dealing ag and just risking and and starting next season and possibly seeing again what this guy could be right that can ultimately lessen his tradeability at that point and then we get stuck with a mid-level so, Aaron Gordon. To answer your question, I would be okay with that because Isaac's not playing. If Isaac was on our team next, this season coming up, but he was on our roster healthy, I would say move AG six months ago. If if Jonathan Isaac is not playing, right, that means that our immediate chances to be a contender are out the window, realistically, right? Because Jonathan Isaac is um, a top defender in the NBA. He's elite-level defense, right? I don't even think that's arguable at this point. So if he's gone, you're conceivably not going to win a championship without Jonathan Isaac. You're not even going to contend for a championship without Jonathan Isaac. Why would you keep a dude that you could trade for future assets, right? When Jonathan Isaac is healthy, instead of you, you would keep that dude instead of just getting rid of him again for assets to even though you're pushing the timeline out, setting yourself up for success later on. Doesn't really so make sense. That- the reason why they would do that, though, is because he doesn't make a lot of money. Like, if you think of his contract, it's regressing. But also, it's 25 years old. Like, it's not like we're talking about AG being 28, 29, getting to a point where now people don't, aren't going to want him. He's 25 years old. But not only that, again, you don't have Isaac, so you got to remain competitive. The Magic are not going to take a step back. I really, really do not see them making moves to get younger and rebuilding. I don't see that. And you have Aminu coming back with Okiki. So all of a sudden, you lost J.I., but you're getting two injured guys that didn't play all, all of last reason, season. All the more reason why you should move A.G. because you're going to have Aminu who could play 3-4, and you're going to have um, Okiki who could play the same position. Yeah, but Okiki, like you said earlier, it'll take a while for him to kind of get, get, a, get a flow of things. I don't see Okiki playing significant minutes until probably halfway through the season. Mm. In an interview with Josh Robbins, um, Jeff Waltman didn't rule out starting fresh, right? He didn't rule that out. He didn't say, no, I'm going to stick with my team. He didn't say any of that. He says, we're, we're going to look at all options and all avenues. Could they move on with Aaron Gordon? Absolutely. But we can't sit here and say, you know, and, and for us to have or contend for a championship, we need Jonathan Isaac. We're, listen, we're nowhere near contending for anything mm-hmm. but the 8th, 7th, and 6th seed. Right. We're a team that we are down at the half by 30 and we can't even think about 
you know, scoring 31 points, we have to think about chopping away that that lead, right? Exactly. So right now we just need to get a little bit better. I do feel as if um, we brought in a player like Aminu who started for the Portland Trailblazers and brought him on as a bench player to kind of help fill that need and fill that void. I feel also as if we drafted a player like Chumo Okiki for a future that doesn't involve Aaron Gordon. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways that we can look at it. Now, um, in that in that same article, um, Zach Lowe had mentioned that Portland does seem to be a team that he sees the Magic could potentially do a deal with. There's a fit um, for a player like Aaron Gordon. But at the same time, he also said that Portland isn't willing to move a player like C.J. McCollum for A.G. So, again, what's the value for Aaron Gordon? We really don't know. What's What are players on the roster of Portland that we would want to trade for that doesn't revolve with, obviously, a Dame, because that's out of the question. C.J. McCollum, who's there? Could maybe be a, a Anthony Simmons that's from the Central Florida area. We're obviously not interested in Mario Hizonia. Yep. What is Aaron Gordon's value? I think in, on the same article, I think he mentioned that it was uh, Simmons and I think like a second-round pick, and I forgot who else, but it was a guy just to fill salary. And then again, if you make that move at that point, what are you doing? You're basically resetting your team and kind of going young, which, again, if that's the way they want to go, sure. But I really don't think the Magic would trade Gordon to go young and get, again, just a prospect that may be good enough in a few years. Um, if they move AG, I think it will be for a, a, a better pick or a guy that can score the ball, I would think. I mean, Justin, you're you're a, a undercover Portland fan. <laughs> if you were to move a player like Aaron Gordon to Portland that doesn't revolve the obvious Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum, who would you want in return? The thing is that Portland has good young players, right? But Portland is setting themselves up for when Dame and CJ are no longer the high caliber, high scoring guys that they are now, right? So they have Gary Trent, who's awesome like i i love gary Trout. i would love to see him in a, in a magic uniform probably won't happen anthony simons can jump out of the gym that man is from altamont springs florida which i think is awesome um i don't see them moving him either zach collins has had injury troubles uh but they know they need a big body they're not getting rid of him um hassan whiteside but i don't want that man in orlando at all and mellow i mean hey Dame has wanted to play alongside Melo for a long time. If for any reason Portland was considering not re-signing Melo, John and Jeff got to get on the phone with Melo's agents ASAP. <laughs> um, but as far as like young talent, I don't see anybody that Portland would be willing to part ways with unless it was going to bring them back something spectacular. And AG would look good in Portland. I think I think his athleticism fits. Um but there, there's you've seen more from AG than you have from those other young dudes, and because of that, I think that they're less inclined to break up with those guys now. Um, if AG is still in a in a in a Magic uniform next year, next off season maybe, but I think it's it's too early for Portland to want to trade any of their young pieces, especially with the success that they've seen out of them thus far. Listen, and this is why. Um, the NBA offseason is such a major deal. There's no other league like offseason NBA, right? Just because there's so much fan engagement, there's so many moves, transactions, so many rumors, so many reports, articles that makes it like amazing. And it's probably one of my all time, not all time, because obviously I like the season, but postseason, I love the offseason. <laughs> and what I love most about the offseason is um, the crazy mock uh, trades that occur right? Mm -hmm. These dream scenarios. Um, so one of the ones that kind of picked up steam in the last couple of days was um, from Bleacher Report, and it had Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier for Russell Westbrook. Do you make Pass. that deal? Um, I'll, I'll shoot. <laughs> no, man, I, I would not want to see Russell Westbrook in this team. I He would not be the perfect fit. The, the, the guy you want to build around or call your superstar and then again, you got Markel Fultz. So, okay, even if you play them next to each other, now you got Westbrook, who historically is one of the worst shooters in the NBA from three-point range. What is he going to do in this team? Yeah, he can run fast. He can dunk. He, can, he's, he plays aggressive. Great. But for almost $40 million a year, I'm good on that. The reason why I shoot is, is not because of what 
Russ would bring on the court. I think it's because of what he would bring off the court. Um, I don't even think it's arguable that Victor Oladipo became a better version of himself because he got to see the work ethic and commitment and drive that Westbrook showcased at all times. Um, and Westbrook is actually, you know, a lot of people, especially fans, think think they have this preconceived notion of who Russ is. Uh, but when you speak to his teammates, a lot of his teammates appreciate uh, Russell Westbrook as a human. Um, so I don't think he would destroy the chemistry on this team. I think he, uh, like I said, can help change the mindset of a lot of guys on this team and make them harder workers. I think some of the guys who could benefit from that, um, Mo Bamba for sure, just being around kind of um, a winning mindset. Um, so I think he could benefit this team overall. And obviously in the point production, he's going to help. This man averaged a triple-double for like two or three seasons in a row. So this idea that he can't score is crazy. Um, I I would like to – I wouldn't say I would like to see Russ in Orlando, but I could see a situation where he could end up here, and I do think it would be beneficial for the young guys. Listen, he's a former MVP of the league. Yep. We know that he can play. Mm-hmm. The issue that we have with him is – is he still able to replicate that same level of play that he did previously? Obviously, it makes it it makes it a challenge because in OKC he was the man. In Houston, he's playing with James Harden. You're not taking that away from James. Right. They structure everything around that guy. He is also 31 years old, and his contract is insane. Yeah. So, for this upcoming season, he's owed 41 million. He's still on the contract for the next three seasons. So you owe him 41, then you owe him 44, and then you owe him 47. Now, granted, we don't have we don't have a player that gets paid that amount on our roster, but we also don't have the star level that that brings. Will the Magic want to risk bringing in a player like that? That let's let's be let's be honest. He's he's level he's not level headed. He sometimes can create issues, right? He is a major personality. Do the Magic want that? Does he fit that character first mold? But uh, that, that's that's the, the whole argument right there, right? The Magic are, like you said, a character first, which really means mild-mannered, don't fall out of line, don't say anything that's out of pocket. Like, you can't win with that mentality. I'm sorry. Like, and I, I've said this before, when you're towing – you know, the, the right side of the line all the time. That's not how you build champions, right? People who are successful and people who become great, they push that line. They don't always kind of stay in this, I have to be safe. I have to make all of these right decisions. It's like, no, if you want to win a championship, sometimes you got to get edgy. Sometimes you got to get risky. Sometimes you got to bring a dude with attitude who wants to fight people and kick fans out of the stands. Like, you need <laughs> that sometimes. So I can't say that Russ is going to, turn this team into a championship winning team but i think russ will help this team more than he will hurt this team three years from now at a 47 million dollar paycheck i don't know if i'm down for that though to be honest no Nah, i mean we just got done paying gilbert arenas like what one two seasons ago Mm -hmm. off that big contract that we gave him so i can only imagine like what that would do and houston is dying to get that that contract off his books um, now, he isn't the only mock trade that we've heard. Paul Pierce recently on national television suggested that the Golden State Warriors should trade for a player like Nikola Vucevic and kind of put the uh, the carrot in front of the horse with the second pick, right? Mm. And the biggest mock trade that we've been looking at was trading a Nikola Vucevic, the 15th pick, um, for a player like Andrew Wiggins and their second pick. Is that something that you would do? That's something that I'll be, I'll be a little more inclined to do, simply because Wiggins, is a, his contract is now, you know, a friendly contract, a team-friendly contract, but how old is Andrew Wiggins right now? 24, 25 still? Um, Double-checking right now, He's Andrew 25. Wiggins is 25, so Aaron 25 Gordon. years old. And then you add to that effect, you're getting a second-round pick. So now you're going to have Chuma plus another young guy plus Isaac plus Fultz and Mo Bamba. So now you're building a young team pretty much. While still getting a guy like Wiggins, who can average 20 points in this league, he's done it, you know, maybe not efficiently, but he's done it in this league. If there is a trade to be had and you want to go up in this draft and get a a top talent also in this draft, I think that's a a move you look at. Now, from the Warriors side of things, 
I don't think Vooch fits that team just because of the speed. He's not a guy that's going to go up and down the floor and keep up with the pace they play in. But, but they did it They did it with Andrew Bogut. Yeah, and I was going to say that the same thing. He is still a guy that would have Green next to him playing good defense, protecting the rim next to him. But also he can stretch the floor and shoot the three ball, which with Steph and Clay and all those dudes, it will look amazing. Um, so I don't know. I, it would have, I don't think it's a bad trade. Um I just don't know, again, from the Warriors side of things, is, if, is Vooch that guy they want to trade that pick for? Or are they hoping for an all-star caliber player, a consistent all-star, not a guy that made it once, you know? So I don't know. But from the Magic side of things, I like it. I, I know people don't like Wiggins that much, but I do think he's a guy that, in the right situation, he could be a good fit. So yeah. I'll, I'll say this. You, earlier, Al, you were talking about, you know, what AG looked like post-all-star or all-star break, right? and how well he was playing and, and all mm-hmm. of that. That is basically an Andrew Wiggins, right? What we saw from AG post-All-Star break is what we would see from Andrew Wiggins. So mm-hmm. I think what you have to what you have to kind of determine is how much of a cut are we – like how much is Andrew Wiggins going to make up offensively, right? And how much is he going to impact the game with his speed and his athleticism and his shooting compared to what Vooch does – and then you have to also calculate, okay, well, if Vooch's point production is gone and you're giving the center position away to Bamba, how is that going to impact the team chemistry as well? Um, so I don't know. That's, those are the hard decisions that the front office has to make. And then yeah. to, I'm, I, I'm not sold on Bamba. I've said this a thousand times and people have been, you know, people think I'm crazy, but I'm not sold on him. I don't know if you give up an all-star caliber center for – a guy that hasn't, you know, proven to be healthy, hasn't proven to make uh, to make the, the the changes necessary to to his game to be competitive. Well, let me From, let me ask you guys this: Do you guys see Andrew Wiggins as a guy that can score 18, 20 points, which is what Vooch kind of does right now? But then also think about this: instead of Vooch taking the ball, holding the ball on the offensive side of things for you know most of the game, now you got Fultz shooting the ball more, and you got AG shooting the ball more. Do you think that that core of guys could replace the scoring that Vooch? But that would go away with him being. But if you're giving up AG, then you have to be confident that between Andrew Wiggins and Mo Bamba, you're going to make up the point production that Vooch and Aaron Gordon were giving you. No, AG will stay in that trade. You're looking at Vooch in the 15th for Wiggins in the second. So you would still have AG here. So technically, you would have Fultz, Fournier, (coughs) Wiggins, AG, and Birch, I would think, to start the season. Would they play simultaneously? Like, would um, Andrew Wiggins and AG play simultaneously on the court? Yeah. I think they play very different. Wiggins is more of an outside threat and more of a, a guy that likes to shoot mid-range. And he does attack the rim. Yeah, he's a, he's a, solid, he's a solid three where AG, he's predominantly a four. at that four spot. Okay, and, I think and then when J.I. comes back. Now you can trade Isaac next year for sure. Like now You're going to trade Isaac and keep no, 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 AG? Sorry. You can trade AG for sure that following season because now uh, Isaac is was... back. <laughs> Or crazy thought. We're we're about to turn your mic off. Right. Yeah, no, 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 no. <laughs> you said crazy Isaac. thought. You bring back Isaac playing center. So now you got Isaac, A. G. Wiggins, and go from there. Now we're definitely turning off your mic. Yeah. Now. J. J. I has <laughs> now, I mean, various ankle and knee injuries. He's too small in my opinion. Listen, when the front office first got here, they really spent the first few years trying to correct all the bad financial decisions um that Rob Hennigan kind of put us in. Um, the the big one was trading Bismack Biombo for Muskoff and then kind of stretching out his contract, mm-hmm. right? So I don't I don't think that they will really put us in that type of position. Andrew Wiggins still on the contract for the next three years. He's set to make twenty nine million thirty one and thirty three. Andrew Wiggins is not a thirty million dollar player, right? He's just not. And mm-hmm. if you compare, um, and, and if we use the the history as kind of our uh, what we're looking at, what did he do in Minnesota with a player like Carl Anthony Towns? And if we aren't going to have Vucevic, what is Wiggins going to do with a player who, at that point, your next best player is with Jonathan Isaac out, is Aaron Gordon? Mm-hmm. What no. is he going to do? Who would you say is the second best? Evan. Oh, stop! Stop it! No, 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 no. Stop it! Now you're, you're being biased. <laughs> you guys are insane. <laughs> now, now you're, you're being telling biased. me in a roster with Andrew Wiggins and Aaron Gordon, and Fournier still there. Aaron Gordon is the second best player. I am saying that I would put Aaron Gordon on my roster, than Evan Fournier. Yes. Uh, 
I'm going to go a step further. Jesus. My third option in that scenario would be Markel Fultz. I, I think eventually he'll get there, but like right now, there's no Justin. <laughs> I just got an immense headache. Like I can't even I can't even deal with you. You're telling You're me crazy. that in a team with Andrew Wiggins, Markel Fultz, Aaron Gordon, Evan Fournier, and Mo Bamba, a lineup, let's say, Aaron Gordon is the second best player on that roster? Over Evan Fournier, yes, I am Hell, taking Aaron no Gordon. Way. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> There's no yeah, way. Um, I feel like Evan has consistently, and and this is not you know me. You can't. You can't put. Ev- no, stop it. You cannot put Evan Fournier in consistency in the same sentence. And you could put Aaron Gordon in consist- consistency in the same sentence. I never put them in so, the same sentence. Okay, so what you makes did. Aaron the second best player in that roster? Because he's able to impact the game offensively and defensively. How many games have we seen Aaron Gordon literally be on the court but disappear? Where you're like, what has Aaron Gordon done? It's been three quarters and he hasn't done anything. Justin, you're making it sound like Evan Fournier doesn't do the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) You're making it it sound like Evan Fournier shows up. And that's the issue with the Magic right there, guys, is that you got the second and third best options as dudes can just completely disappear in the middle of a playoff game. So, if you ask me, that's the main issue right there. <laughs> you know what? Hey, and this is the perfect segue to, to our next topic. Pass or shoot. Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Vucevic will get traded this season. One of the three. I'm going to say pass. I'm going to go with shoot. I'm going to go with shoot also, and it will be Evan Fournier. 100% hands down. It's happening. I think um, I'm gonna I'm gonna shoot, but I'm also gonna go with the second best player in the roster. Aaron. <laughs> um, I think I think his his time is up. I think there'll be a team um, that values his athleticism. You know, it's something that it's not that rampant or frequent throughout the league. I think AG is still special in that way, um, and I think that there'll be a team that is set up offensively that has shooters that doesn't need to rely on AG to be their primary scoring option. Who will take the chance on Aaron Gordon this offseason? I think this is the season. I mean, if you take a look, Evan Fournier, Aaron Gordon, Nikola Vucevic, these are all Rob Hennigan's players. All of them. Listen, you drafted Jonathan Isaac. He really hasn't played a whole lot of games for us. You dra- you made a trade for Markel Fultz, and and those are really your impact guys. And you drafted Mobamba, who and you drafted is Mo still a question mark. Exactly. You're still we're still looking at players. Thank you, Rob Hennigan, for getting us to the playoffs. Like there this is still their players. They need now to that, make a decision. Now that you say that, if you really look at those guys, right? J.I. still a question mark. We've seen his defensive potential. Hasn't played long enough for us to say anything really solidified about him. Okiki, question mark. Markel, still a question mark. Mo Bamba, still a question mark. Like there's 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 too many question marks. And if this front office, you know, goes into next season with without some of those question marks answered, I think that it'll be the last season that this front office is in Orlando, in my opinion. I mean, you can only do the same thing over and over and over. We, we've gotten to the point that we've collected enough data. And listen, the, the front office said in the beginning, we just want to listen. We just want to see how our players are so we can evaluate them. We want to do this. We want to do that. Dude, you did it already. Make a decision. It's enough time. It's enough time. Make a decision. So, I mean, it's it's going to be interesting, man. And I and I think that this season, you have to see one of the – you have to break up the trio. It's just something that has to happen. So, based on what you're saying, guys, you're saying that the Magic will not run it back next season? They they gotta make moves. I, I there's no way that they cannot they cannot afford to be not aggressive this offseason. I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a crazy limb. Crazy limb. And I think two of those three guys get moved this offseason. Package deal or separate? Um I say separate. So I'll tell you what. So I'm going to go completely against that. I'm going to say, and just because I, what I've been seeing lately, like Zach Lowe on, the, on his podcast recently said it, even he says, like, you know what? With the short offseason, teams needing consistency more than ever before, because, again, they, have, they didn't have time to have training camp and get to know each other very well. He was praising how the Magic made run it back again this season coming up. And I'm like, they did that last year. That didn't work. Injuries ruined that. 
But knowing our front office, they'll be the, they'll, they'll use that excuse to run it back, which is, well, last year we played well, we made the playoffs, and we had a bunch of injuries. Let's run it back now with a healthy Aminu replacing Isaac. Yeah. We're going to have now, uh, you know, I can just envision it, them saying this to themselves in a the room and saying, let's give it a shot. Let's start the season with this roster again. And in the trade deadline, we'll look at trading Fournier to not losing for nothing in the offseason. But I don't see them really making a major, major change. And if they do, I really hope that they do. But the realistic side of me is saying we're going to see a lot of similarities in this roster. This will be season. the third season in a row where the Magic yep. have the most continuity in the NBA and somehow can't make happens. it work. Yep. All right. So, guys, close your remarks. Draft. A scorer for the first time in five years, please. Yeah, I would, I would, I would say the same. Draft a, a shooter. Um, get rid of two of these three guys that have been there for way too long. Um, and don't be afraid to like just try different things. You know, I think the the Magic again, and we spoke about it a thousand times over. They're a team that likes to play the safe route. Um, safe teams don't win championships. The very next step is definitely the draft. Depending on how the Magic draft will really determine what we do um, in regards to transactions in the offseason. So that's going to be something that we definitely keep our eyes on. Um, draft an impact player, man. No development. We need a player that can go in there and contribute. I'm not expecting for you, for the Magic to draft a player that averages 25 points a game. I'm not, expe- I'm not even expecting for the steal of the draft. Draft a player that's able to contribute with the team, that fits with the team, and by all God, please, a player that can shoot. Like we we need some shooting on. If the we team. draft wingspan over scoring ability again, oh, I might just lose my mind. I mean, wingspan is a plus as long as they can shoot. I'm okay yes. with the wingspan as long yes. as they can shoot. Preferably not a forward, mm-hmm. and I'll be happy. I'll be a happy camper. Christmas comes true. <laughs> President of the year. <laughs> Um, anyways thank you guys for listening we covered so much on this episode um, and that's a wrap for us peace thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast the voice of magic fans be sure to visit our website theozonepod.com and remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms